0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as part of the numerous deals we are seeing at this time of the year, the words free shipping also are appearing and are designed to entice the consumer to make that purchase. Retailers hope the savings of the 7 to $10, in some cases, to ship a product will change the mind of the shopper from a no to a yes. Ron Berman is an assistant professor of marketing here at the Wharton School and has done quite a bit of research looking at this area of the retail sector. Good to see you. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for inviting me. So what does the data show
1: about the impact of, of free shipping in general? So generally... Um People really hate itemized fees when, ship, when they ship So, or when they buy something online. So so what you would see is usually, suppose you put something in your shopping cart and then you add a shipping cost towards the end, probably the probability of you buying will go down dramatically. So what most retailers do today, or at least the ones who use free shipping, is they try to kind of hide or or bundle the shipping cost with the price of, of the product.
0: Is, is how, pr- how prevalent of, of a pattern is that in in the business industry today in retail
1: so i think almost every retailer online offers free shipping the the main difference would probably be do you need to have a minimum amount you purchase to reach that free shipping amount so i was looking like at deals let's say on black friday and today etc and you do see a big diversity of amounts you need to spend in order to get free shipping probably anywhere between 30 to 50 dollars although of course if you have amazon prime you just get it for free all the time and the other main difference is how quick this free shipping is. Uh, usually they would say something like, if you want free shipping, maybe it will take five business days, but like one or two business days, uh, free sh- shipping, sorry, would be not free or would cost something.
0: Uh, you, as I said, you've done quite a bit of research in this area. What is that data shown and, and what are the mistakes, I guess,
1: that are being made along the way as well? So, the the interesting thing with free shipping is it has a downside, right? So, first of all, it costs more to the retailer, of course, but the other thing is it makes people uh, feel much more comfortable in buying, but also much more comfortable in returning. So what you would see is people would say, oh, it's free. I'm going to buy three sizes of the same item. I'm going to get them at home. I'm going to try them on. Then I'm going to freely return the the two that I don't need. And as a result, what happens is that uh, retailers today, what they need is to handle a lot of returns they weren't used to. We're talking about 40% returns, 50% of returns, which in the store was never the case. You, wouldn't, you went and, and measured, the, let's say, the, the article of, of clothing on uh-huh. yourself. Um, and the other thing with free shipping is... Um, I think it creates a big logistical issue for, for many retailers. They need to ship many, many small packages. People feel very comfortable at saying, you know what, I need some toothpaste today. I'll go, I'm going to buy it for free online with free shipping today. Oh, tomorrow I remember it. I need something else. I don't know, uh, yeah. laundry detergent, I'll all that. You get so many small packages, the costs are very, very high for the retailer. So these are like mistakes retailers might be doing without realizing that, and then they need to somehow figure out all of these logistics around that
0: so what do they they need to do then moving forward to be able to have the margins being good but then
1: not lose the customer at the same time so first of all i'm not sure they can do too much right so once you have enough retailers offering free shipping you have to compete and and you need to to stay on top of it and, and offer roughly the same level of service I think what we're seeing retailers do today, so for example, with Amazon, you saw they have something called an Amazon Day now. They're yeah. saying we're going to try and bundle many items together to arrive at the same day. Others are changing the minimum amounts so to make sure you, you might purchase enough to cover the free shipping cost. And I think other retailers are doing going kind of towards the way of Amazon Prime saying, we're going to charge your subscription fee to cover some of these costs, but also make sure you're one of our best customers. I think over time, we might see retailers firing customers, telling them, hey, really? I think so. If if you know the amounts are going to be too low or the shipping is going to be too over dispersed, they're going to start and playing, maybe offering more customized things saying, well, we can offer you free shipping, but it's going to be too slow or it's going to be not, uh, or you need to pick it up at the store or something like that in order to somehow get the cost back. But
0: what, what about the difference between the free shipping, but
1: Mm -hmm. also the fast shipping?
0: Because obviously the day Mm -hmm. that you get it plays in, I think in some cases,
1: to whether or not the consumer feels good about purchasing it as well. So I think it highly depends on the product and it depends on the time of year. So usually a lot of people are saying, if I order something, so so people are getting used to having same day or next day delivery. Yeah. And the minute a retailer doesn't offer that, they're going to start having issues with even getting people to buy it, even without free shipping. Oh, you don't offer next day delivery. I'm not going to buy from you. I'm going to go to someone else. The costs are very high and very dramatic. Um, Kind of the leader in that area is, is Amazon. What we see they do is very interesting. They're shipping to kind of these larger uh, logistical centers or Whole Foods, right? And within Whole Foods, they have uh, Amazon Flex employees coming and pick the things up and deliver them within the hour. So uh, Target has said they're doing that using their stores as as kind of a logistical center. Walmart is doing that. And I think this is the solution for them to offer next day or maybe two-day delivery, the question is what will happen with larger retailers. So
0: then will we, right, will we see other retail companies try and match a version of Amazon Prime so that they can get the subscription and they can try and keep the customer long term instead of having customers that might come for one or two items and then go to Walmart for something
1: else? So I think you will maybe with retailers that have a big diversity of products. Let's say Walmart or Target. But the question is whether a company like Gap can do the same thing because you only purchase clothing there, right? Right. So you don't return that often to clothing purchases over time. I think what we might see is we might see maybe some retailers, and we've seen experiments like that kind of uh, create a conglomerate of free shipping. So there's an outsourced company, like a third-party company, they handle all of the shipping and, and the let's call it the subscription services, etc. But Gap is the one providing the product. So we might see some of these. The other thing we're seeing is that companies who have offline actual physical stores, they now have an advantage because they can serve kind of as a local logistical um, center in, in a sense. Uh-huh. So if you have a good, um, let's say, kind of... A, a, A good selection of locations inside the city, et cetera, will go and pick up the product, and this is uh, very useful for them. So actually having these stores is becoming an advantage. It used to be a disadvantage, right? They're very costly and people are not going into the store anymore. Suddenly they're becoming an advantage because it helps you provide faster and faster shipping.
0: But aren't there there differences as well between what we deal with here in the United States Mm -hmm. in shipping and what... People who live in Europe deal with in terms of shipping standards?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, the laws are different. In the US, when you order something online, uh, I don't know if the law mandates it, but most retailers would give you 30 to 60 days to return something. Mm -hmm. In Europe, it's by law 14 days, and sometimes, depending on the country, even shorter. Uh, So, that's one issue. The other issue is I think the shipping infrastructure is not as quick as advanced outside the cities. If you're in London, it's going to come very quickly. In Paris, it's going to come very quickly. But if you're Outside the city, in slightly more rural areas, it might take five, six, seven days for shipping. You only have fourteen days to return it, yeah. so you don't have a lot of time to do that. And also, it's hard to return. Where do you go? Right? You can go to the mail, to the uh, let's say the, the local office uh, of of the postal service, but UPS is going to be far away, FedEx is going to be far away, etc. So I think um, the level is very different. I hear in Asia, by the way, it's very different. In, in Beijing, you can get probably everything today within an hour or two. So it's even better or faster than the U.S.
0: So, so then that is the that is potentially the model that needs to be replicated, be able to truly understand what is going on there and be able to bring it both to the United States and to other parts of the world. So this
1: is the current prediction, is that if you want to look where kind of the world is going in terms of e-commerce, um, shipping, how to order online, look at China, look at Korea, uh, look at Southeast Asia. Things are moving much faster there. It's all on phones. People don't use that much computers anymore. It's all through chat. You can chat with the local retailer. Yeah. Uh, it's one, two-hour delivery, um, and, and it works much, much faster.
0: The other part, which, which you study mm-hmm. as well, is the psychology side of this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's unique that there is an element at play
1: here of the psychology of free shipping. So, so psychology, the issue is, is that it's complex, right? So there are things that make you want to have free shipping, um, so, for example, you don't see so, – so, one thing we know is people really, really do not like taxes. They, they do not like seeing taxes as itemized on the receipts. Yeah. F- shipping sounds like a tax. Like, you're giving me a service, already paid for the product, why do I need to pay extra for shipping? Yeah. So, when you have free shipping kind of disappear from the receipt uh, or the invoice, people are saying, oh, we love that, we don't see that tax. But on the other hand, companies will have to mark up their products in order to, to, to pay for the free shipping cost. And the question is, what is better? Are you, Do you prefer transparency telling me, oh, you paid an extra 5 or $10 because I offered mm-hmm. you free shipping, but I put it into the price? Or do you hate seeing that in the well, the receipt?
0: That was the thing I was going th- and I'm surprised we don't see it more – is – just the cost of shipping being baked in all the time, full time, into the actual price that you see for buying a pair of blue jeans or buying Mm -hmm. a jacket or something like that. And that would probably do away with a lot of the concern, I would think, from the consumer about buying a product.
1: It does, but, but as we've seen in multiple experiments, it sometimes lowers the profit of the company. So it's kind of a segmentation mechanism that kind of tells you if this is a customer that really, really cares about free shipping, maybe we shouldn't sell to them because there's a much higher probability of return. There's a much higher probability of of a lower basket purchase. Uh, The size of the basket is gonna be lower, higher probability of complaints, Mm -hmm. things like that. So sometimes I, I tell you I'm gonna charge you shipping to make sure you're actually a pretty good customer for me. So this is on the psychology side of the retailer knowing that customers kind of segment themselves by how price-sensitive they are and how free-shipping-sensitive they are.
0: I guess, then, would retailers here in the United States prefer to see return policies that are similar to what is set up in Europe with the 14 days or or potentially less? Or do they like having at least the 30-day window
1: for a consumer
0: to be able to return the product?
1: In my experience, if you want to sell online, it's always better to have more lenient return policies. Because once you have those 14 days, 7 days, it sounds like, oh, people will not return it. It's going to be more protective of us, but it actually does the opposite. It makes people, and this is the psychology coming back again, People are very risk-averse. They don't know if it's going to work out or not. 40 days is, is kind of a risk-taking move. Hmm. If I have 30 to 60 days to return something, it's just much easier for me to order it. And then there's the other psychology part of it. Although a lot of people order products and say, oh, we're going to return them, they often forget. Sure. They often don't want to bother So actually, I think for retailers, it's always better to have a longer return policy, a flexible return policy, a lenient return policy. It encourages more um, volume of purchases and and kind of lowers the frictions of just making a purchase
0: and especially at this time of the year it may it makes it quite a bit different for the for the retailer with the fact that you know not only are they shipping out a lot of these packages but they at some point potentially before the end of the year they may
1: be getting a lot of these packages back as well they are although i don't think many people would bother to 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 return so many before the holidays hand, but maybe um, in January, they might see kind of a boom of of returns, and that might be an issue for them.
0: Great having you with us. Thanks, Ron. Thank you very much, Appreciate your insight. Ron Berman, Assistant Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.